0: Okay, adults in the room, you know who you are, (laughs) How many of you adults in the room have ever had a job where you had to make sales calls or house calls or home visits? Wow, that's a lot of you, yeah. Okay, so you're going to be able to relate a little bit to the story I'm going to tell. Now, kids in the room, where are you guys? Kids, where are you? You know who you are too, right? Yeah, good. So kids, how many of you have ever had the kind of Saturday where your parents threw you in the car and told you you were going to go run errands? Errands, <laughs> yes, I see your face, Justin. Justin looks like this, me. I've done that, Yep, yeah, Me. They put you in the car and they just drag you along, right, to maybe the grocery store first. Then they take you to pick up a prescription or something. Then they take you to visit your parents' friends who are old. (laughs) They don't have any toys. They don't have a playground. They don't even have any kids for you to play with. And they take you on the way home to pick up dry cleaning, whatever that is. Right? Yeah, dry cleaning, who even knows? Who even knows? And at the end of that kind of a day, a Saturday of errands, when you got home, you were probably exhausted, right? Exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what my whole week has been like. This past week was kind of like one big, long Saturday of errands. Many of you know that when I'm not here... In my part-time role as your assistant minister, which I love, I have another job. I work as an admissions counselor at a local college, at Swarthmore College. And when you're an admissions counselor for a college, it turns out in the fall, you make a lot of sales calls. We call them high school visits, but they're sales calls, essentially. I spend four to six weeks every fall driving around to different high schools. I visit four or five, sometimes six schools in a day. I go into the guidance counselor's office or the college counseling office, and I bring my pamphlets, and I talk to the students there in high school, the high school students, about college and what it's like, and I answer questions for them about Swarthmore. Now, I'm lucky. I like people. (laughs) I'm an extrovert. I like this kind of work. But it's still pretty exhausting. At the end of a day like that, For one thing, it can be kind of frustrating. There is no better way, I promise you, to be hit over the head with the inequalities in the American educational system than by driving around to four or five different high schools every single day in one city or in one town. So that can be emotionally exhausting and frustrating. It's also stressful. To have such a tightly packed schedule, to be going to a different place every hour, I have to get all my visits in between 7.30 in the morning, my favorite time of day, (laughs) and 2.30 in the afternoon when school lets out. However, this past week, more than anything else, what I noticed was most exhausted was my voice. I'm not yet back in the swing of things. And so I was talking so much that by the afternoon on Tuesday, the passenger side of my rental car's floor looked something like this. Right here, this next picture. Yeah. I realized I was going to need to hydrate constantly to make it through this week. Now, some of the water bottles and Starbucks cups I bought on my own But actually one of the nice things about making all of these house calls, sales calls, these in-person visits, is that at every school I went to, the first thing that the overworked guidance counselor or receptionist or parent volunteer did when I walked through the door was offer me a glass of water. Now this happens maybe not everywhere in the world. But here where the water is safe, this is one thing that everyone could give. It happened at the nicest, most expensive private schools on the list, my itinerary. And it also happened at the most overburdened, under-resourced public and charter schools in the middle of the city. Some schools also give me snack bags, along with my water cup or my water bottle. Some schools give me Starbucks gift cards. Some schools give me little personalized pens or notebooks or other swag that I frankly neither want nor need um, with the school's name on it. But all of them give me water. That's why by the end of the day Friday, my car passenger floor looked a little bit more like this. Yeah, you've heard about that Great Pacific garbage patch of water bottles out in the ocean? pretty sad. This is a little bit less sad. (laughs) We'll just call this the Great Pacific Garbage Patch of my car. But giving water was ubiquitous. Bringing water is something that we can do when there's nothing else that we can offer. How many of you kids have ever been in a game, been playing in a game where somebody got hurt on the field? Yeah, and while all of the players took a knee and they waited for the trainer to come out and do their work, who else ran out on the field while you were waiting? The water carriers, the water bearers. They bring out water. When we host our 5K here at Wellsprings every spring, one of the best and most important jobs to keep everyone healthy and energized is handing out water along the course. How happy are those runners to see those water bearers? Really happy, yeah. When we're with someone in the hospital, and there may be nothing else left that we can do. We can be there as a loving presence. We can hold their hand. We can feed them ice chips. Little loving nuggets of water. It's the thing that we ourselves are actually most made up of. Our bodies are about three-quarters water. Our brains and our hearts and our lungs are closer to 90% water. We share of ourselves through the water that we hold. No matter where we come from or who we are, it's water that we can give. And it's the water that connects us to each other.
1: So, as some of you know, and the rest of you will soon learn, we have a ritual uh, for this Welcome Back Sunday, for this return to two services as the pace and the pulse of our lives quickens as we move into this fall here. And it's blowing bubbles, a way to represent the movement of our lives, our wellsprings, our verb that is our name. And last year, unfortunately, we went with a different bubble guy. I don't know if any of you remember this, but we didn't know this at the time, but this turned out to be absolutely true. This review from Amazon from this last spring, one star. I hated these. The bubbles were hard to blow and the wand isn't very good. Adults could barely get it to produce bubbles. Very disappointing. That is too generous. I would have given no stars to this. We we saved one from last year. We like to keep good historical records. (laughs) Like light can barely get through that opening. Just, just wait, just wait, just, just wait until you see what we got for you this year. It's like barely enough to carbonate a soda, you know? (laughs) This would have been my review on Amazon. I think I'm going to post it. (laughs) Worst wand ever. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's not that the water in here isn't good. It's fine. It's suitable to blow great bubbles with. Is that the opening in the wand... Was too narrow. It couldn't hold the goodness of the water within. Sometimes this is kind of like our lives. Our tradition says that the basic stuff that we are made of is not corrupted, it is inherently worthy, inherently good to work with. Our hearts, our lives, our struggles, our meaning, it's all good stuff. And yet, sometimes, our lives don't seem to hold water. Sometimes, it's because there's a hole in the bucket, and the water just kind of leaches out. But sometimes, it's because by circumstance, or choice, or a variety of different things, our lives constrict. Our lives become narrow, tight. And... The goodness of the water within us, just as Lee was talking about, the water that we share with each other, the water that connects us to each other, the basic stuff of our life, our hospitality, our kindness, our compassion, it just doesn't have the passageways to travel the routes that it wants to so we can fully connect. Our lives are meant to hold water, which is another way of saying our lives are meant to be truthful. Sometimes we hear that. This idea doesn't hold water. This theory doesn't hold water. But at the deepest level, I believe our lives are intended to hold water. One of the uh, questions we can ask ourselves to see if our lives are really holding water is from the great uh, Parker Palmer, wonderful Quaker teacher who we use a lot in our teachings here at Wellsprings. He says, is the life that you're living big enough for the life that wants to live in you? Is the life that you're living big enough for the life that wants to live in you? There's no, by the way, right or wrong answer to that question. It's just really important to ask that question of ourselves to see if we are bearing forth the water of our basic goodness to and with each other. Now, when I say, you know, we have to be broad enough, have to be large enough, roomy enough to hold water, I'm not talking about making our lives into this big, huge thing, this raging river that can contain gallons and gallons and gallons of water. I'm talking about having a passageway in our lives and our hearts just large enough to carry us forth and to connect with each other. I got this lesson this past uh, summer, just about a month ago, from here. This is a place that I hope some of you got to at some point or will get to at some point. This is Dorney Park, Wild Water Kingdom. This was my favorite series of rides when I was there with some friends and colleagues about a month ago. And let me show you my favorite part of this, which is called the python plummet. (laughs) This is how you enter the python plummet. You get into a tube. And they seal you up like you are a message to be sent somewhere. And they tell you to hold your hands over the top of your chest and lean back. And they count three, two, one, and the bottom drops out from underneath you. I loved it. It was thrilling. It was the most fun I had this summer. It's like in that space where it's just water and movement and flow, there's no time to think. (laughs) Just got to be in the flow. And by the way, this is one of my favorite parts about this ride, in addition to riding it, was that uh, a couple uh, guys ahead of me on the line, there was an adult who got into the tube, took the stance, and reconsidered where he was and knocked and said, "Uh uh-uh, let me out. (laughs) And they let him out. And... Just a couple in back of him, there was this 11-year-old boy who like went up to this guy and said, no, 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 it's, it's, it's really good. It's really good. You'll like it. It's not scary at all. And so taking the word of the 11-year-old, the guy got back in the tube, the adult, and then you could see the 11-year-old talking to his friend. He has no idea what he's in for. <laughs> he lived. We all did. We got out the other end. And I think that's the point. Is that the passageways of our lives don't have to feel huge to us. They just have to be roomy enough. To flow. To move. To carry ourselves. To carry the water of our basic goodness. That our wands have to be large enough. To help us connect. This bubble-blowing ritual that we're about to engage in. And for those of you, the secret plants in the audience today would start handing out those bubbles to everyone. These bubbles signify our name, Wellsprings, that our lives to stay clear and true must flow and must move and must connect us with each other. Our name is a verb. Because the truth is, if that our lives are big enough to hold water, then our lives are big enough to share water. Because ultimately, the only way to have a blessing is to share a blessing. A blessing kept to itself eventually just evaporates or grows stagnant. And so I'm going to ask all of you to rise in body and spirit as you are able And to get your bubbles and say, yes, folks, we tested this at 930. We got a good bubble guy this year. So please share these bubbles with each other. And also notice, asking yourself this question, this wand is large enough to hold the water. How are your lives large enough to hold the water as well? Please enjoy. So I want to invite you to continue blowing your bubbles during our prayer time and also maybe just give an inner note of gratitude that this year we had a good bubble guy. Because these are beautiful bubbles and you look amazing. And please continue to share this joy with each other during our prayer time. May our prayers be in our bubbles and may our bubbles be our prayers. May we recognize... That in the depths of our lives there is joy there as much as there is anything else. That within the depths of our lives there is air, there is lightness, there is the ability to connect, there is the ability to share. And so today, in our prayer, in our seeing, in our doing, in our living, in, in our being, may we continue to ask ourselves this question. Is this moment, is this breath, is this bubble roomy enough enough for the life that wants to live within each and every one of us? May we say in each moment, amen to that. And I'm going to ask you as the band comes forward to continue blowing your bubbles for as long as you could possibly want. Because who would interrupt joy like this? Please do.